0: See, I think this is one of the most important attributes for leaders is to be constantly unlearning what we think we know about the world. Hey there, multipliers, it's Winston Faircloth, and welcome back to Episode 79 of For Love of Team. This is the podcast where leaders simplify teamwork. Helping you surround yourself with teammates doing the work they love, simplifying business processes so that you can serve more focused on the work you love. Last time we met my friend and CEO of Premier International based in Chicago, Craig Wood. So many great nuggets of wisdom in our time together. I loved it how Premier, they are blending a team first culture with commitment to outstanding client experience. And I'm going to include a link to their six core values in the show notes here again as a reminder. And here they are again, just to refresh your memory. Value one is client first, always value two is driven by integrity value three above and beyond value four, rise to the opportunity value five confident yet humble and value six one team united. I just love all of those. And as you read the statements that follow each of these values, you can feel the guidance, the warmth of responsibility to one another, as much as the duty to the client. Now, this is how you blend love of team with the love of client. And yet there was another comment during my time with Craig that really caught my attention. And it amplifies my core belief about building a team that you will love. It has to do with the concept of cultural fit. I see recently I was leading a workshop for a mastermind where I'm a member. And the topic? Building a team that you love. Oftentimes this journey begins with unlearning much as what we believe or have been taught about teamwork and business. There's so many concepts from the past century of management created during the industrial age that frankly are just as not relevant today. And for many first-time founders... It's very easy to subconsciously bring those beliefs into our 21st century businesses. Concepts like delegation, the concept of a manager, about command and control, or businesses built as well-oiled machines, or businesses to run like clockwork. Now, These are important concepts, but probably not as relevant for the information age that we live in today. I'm going to tackle some of these old concepts in future shows. But even I fall back into those concepts by default. And I'm going to suggest that cultural fit is another term that we should reconsider. Now the conversation in the mastermind began with getting people over the inevitable chicken or egg question. Namely, how do I fund and pay for a team? And once I get past that, what are the best returns on investment for working with your independent collaborators or team members? And then once you get past that, we move on to how do I find and hire my team? Well, believe it or not, I've had this challenge for now over 40 years of my career. I've been hiring and recruiting and supporting team members since I turned 20 years old. And I've made both many mistakes. And I've experienced the wonder of when you find collaborators who multiply your vision and your impact. And in the mastermind, I was sharing some of my best hiring practices, including here are a couple of the ones that I reference all the time. Hire for curiosity and not just competency, and then assume capability, look for fit. On that second tip, I went a little deeper. I share how I rarely hire a person based upon their resume or listed experiences. I typically trust the rest of my team to validate their technical qualifications, or I've somehow satisfied myself with their qualifications just by offering the interview in the first place. So they come in, and I'm assuming that they can do the job. So instead, when I'm talking to folks, I'm asking thought provoking character questions. I've been evaluating the cultural fit of this candidate with our existing team and culture. I do this mostly by asking questions in the third person, like, So how would your best friend describe you outside of work? Or tell me a story about a person you most admire and why. I love that question. I love the answers I get to that question in particular. Who's been the greatest influence on your career so far and why? And Here's one that's really self-disclosing. What would your last manager say about your strengths and weaknesses? Notice how I ask many of these questions in the third person. Get them to speak in the voice of somebody else. And in doing that, they really kind of disclose about themselves a lot. And I get to see how they react because most candidates come in ready and prepared for first-person experiences, first-person questions. And so asking the questions in this way really gives me some insight into how the person thinks and what kind of makes them tick. But as we wrap up the interview process, ultimately I'm looking for spark. I'm looking for their genuine desire to be part of our team. And at this part of the conversation, I really let them drive the conversation. As I described in an earlier podcast, I really feel like candidates, collaborators are interviewing us as much as we're interviewing them. I come into every interview with that kind of mindset. So I'm waiting to see if they're going to be passive about this process, this invitation that I'm giving them, or are they going to be passionate about joining us on this mission? Again, are they going to be passive or passionate? Ultimately, this is helping me determine if they're going to be a good fit. Now here's something I notice about passionate people. They do a few things that stand out from the rest of the crowd. Towards our, the end of our time together, They often summarize what they've experienced so far in the interview process. The good, the bad, the people that they get along with, the people that they have questions about, the role, the responsibility. They they do a good job of summarizing the overall interview experience. Second, they express a heartfelt desire to join the mission and the team. Now, when I was hiring salespeople or in the nonprofit space, fundraising people, I never hired anyone who didn't at the end of the interview ask for the role. If they won't ask for the role, they're not going to ask for the order. (laughs) So this, but I want to round this out to say every time that I've had a successful hire, they've often expressed a heartfelt desire to join the mission and the team. And then here's a third thing that exceptional passionate people do that stand out for me in joining our team is they often send a physical thank you note, not just an email, And this is where they restate their desire for the role. That is a super impressive part of joining the team. And I can say this next thing without reservation. Every single time, without exception, when those three things are present at the end of an interview process together, we've had a tremendous collaboration. Summarizing their experiences, being candid about that, that's number one. Expressing a heartfelt desire to join the mission and the team. And then they send a physical thank you note often asking for the role. Every time those three things are present, it's been a stellar collaboration. So is is that the definition of a cultural fit? Well, I think Craig in our last podcast interview confirmed cultural fit is not sufficient in the 21st century, the world we live in today. And let me quote him here from the last podcast where he distinguished between a cultural fit in a cultural ad, And here's the quote. What I mean by this is that they're going to add to our culture. They're not going to fit in. We're not looking for people who are just like all of us. And this has become even more evident, as you might imagine, in the world of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And a renewed focus we have, and that's an area that we've not made as much progress as we would like. We're honest about that. We're doing things that are within our control to update that. But when you start to think about who's going to add to your culture versus who's going to fit into your culture, you start to interview differently and you start to look for different candidates. And I think that's what's made our culture better is that we have people who've added new dimensions to it, added new perspectives to it, end quote. And in that moment, it was an unlearning moment for me. See, I think this is one of the most important attributes for For leaders is to be constantly unlearning what we think we know about the world. And in that moment that I heard Craig explain the difference between a cultural fit and a cultural add in terms of the value that that brings to your team and ultimately your business, I can never unsee that word again: cultural fit as not being as valuable to me as the leader of this enterprise as being more intentional, more mindful, and more purposeful in seeking cultural ads to our team. I can't unsee it now. It was a mic drop moment. So that's why I'm coming back this week and really bringing this back out because I think it was such an important lesson out of our last podcast. So as you think about your future team, your independent collaborators, do you want a cultural fit? Meaning someone who thinks, acts, agrees, or has similar experiences to you? Or will you seek someone who is a cultural ad, who's gifting, Perspective, life experience, point of view differs from you and the rest of your team. Now, even from a faith perspective, I find it fascinating how diverse our planet is. I think about almost any aspect of our creation and just the endless variety of people, trees, plants, flowers, the variety is almost endless. How about each sunrise, sunset, moment? It's unique, never to be repeated. God loves variety. In our team, we, we should probably also take that to heart. And when it comes to building a team that you love, cultural additions not only bring their unique gifts and talents, these new perspectives will help you grow and so will your team. Now, people can get a little nervous about this. So, what brings this all together? What brings this diversity all together? These different perspectives, maybe even different viewpoints. What brings it together cohesively? Well, we go back to one of my two favorite questions for leaders, a shared why. A shared why unifies, and brings people together under a common purpose and mission. Diverse cultures blended together for a common vision. It's a powerful reason to stop seeking cultural fit and start pursuing cultural ads. And as we saw at Premier, having cohesive, powerful value statements that are really speaking to the team, not just the founder. Speaking to the team, not just the, the clients. And having people all aligned to that is what makes collaboration and teamwork such a valuable part of the founder's journey. So, how would you like to have a business that you love, supported by a team that you love? What could be better than that? And so, if you have a question or comment about today's podcast, I'd love to hear from you. My personal text number is one 754 800 That's a personal number. It's not a text, not bots. Come straight to me. You're going to hear straight from me. one 754 800 And finally, remember, as I say at the end of each of our times together, Leaders simplify teamwork, multiplying your impact, your income, margin, and freedom in business. I hope you'll be blessed, friends. I can't wait to see you soon.